Lord is here tonight. Amen. God is going to help us. I believe God is going to move us forward. Amen. And strengthen us. And give us the word. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go quickly to the word of the Lord. Amen. I'd like to direct your attention to the book of James chapter 5. Amen. James chapter 5. Amen. And while you're turning there, it's great to have everyone back in the house of the Lord on Wednesday night. Amen. Christmas was a beautiful time. And we celebrate and enjoy with our families, but it's good to be back in the house of the Lord. Amen. Great to be back with every one of you. Amen. I'm thankful for another day to be alive. Amen. I was really encouraged, amen, last Wednesday night hearing all the testimonies um, from, the, from, the, from the youngest of us. Uh, many of us, amen, said a few words, and I felt very encouraged and very uplifted, amen, and taking inventory of all the things that God's done in our lives and our families. Amen. We're deeply grateful for all that God's done. James chapter number 5. And verse number 7, we're going to read just a couple of verses. James chapter 5 and verse number 7 says, Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman, translated or transliterated that word is a farmer. A husbandman is a farmer, someone who works agriculture, works the land. The Bible refers to them as the husbandman. And it's in this context, Behold, the husbandman waiteth. For the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he received the early and the latter rain. Amen. There's two types of rain that's made reference in James 5 and 7. There's the early rain, and there's the latter rain. Amen. But uh, woven through that scripture is the patience and the perseverance of the farmer, of the husbandman, Amen. Who has done everything in his power. He's not sat back uh, carelessly. Uh, he's not sat back just doing nothing. But he's cultivated the field, cultivated the ground. And he, at that point, as he's begun to uh, work that field, he begins a process of waiting for the precious fruit to come uh, to fruition. And he has long patience for it. And I want to skip over to the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah. Chapter number 32. Amen. Isaiah chapter 32 and verse number 15. Until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. I'll read that again. Until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high. Amen. I would tell you that Isaiah prophesies about the Spirit of God many times throughout his, his book, his writings, and for foretelling the coming uh, of the Spirit of God being poured out. Amen. Talking about the Holy Ghost. Uh, and until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness be a fruitful field. The wilderness be a fruitful field, and eventually that fruitful field be counted for a forest. Amen. That is the uh, gives us a little bit of an insight into what we're going to be talking about tonight. And my subject simply is defining revival. Defining revival. Amen. Can we set our Bibles aside and ask the Lord to help us and talk to us tonight? Amen. We want God to help us here tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your power, God. I am praying tonight, God, that you would help us. You would speak to us. You would move in our midst, God. You would, God, give us revelation. You would give us understanding, God. I pray, God, that even though not everybody is here on this Wednesday night, God, there is still, God, a good group of us here tonight, God. And, God, if we can get your word hid in our hearts and applied to our lives, God, I believe that there can come from this group of people, Lord, something beautiful, something great, God, from a wilderness, God, can come a fruitful field in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We'll give you the glory and the honor for every good thing, Lord, that comes from this service tonight. 
In Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Amen. Defining revival. Amen. Defining revival is the topic tonight. Defining revival. And I am going to venture to define it as best as possible. Um, and with the help of the Holy Ghost, amen, God will move us forward as a church with revelation, with understanding. Uh, if you just quickly glance over to your dictionary, uh, many of us have it on our cell phones, Webster's Dictionary would tell you that revival is the process of bringing something back to life again. Something that was dead, bringing it back to life. That's a very textbook, a very standard definition of revival. Um, and we talk about revival throughout the course of our services, throughout the course of this church's existence. And it is still what we, thrive, what we uh, strive for and what we are aiming for, what we are gunning for, what we are attempting to see God bring to us and happen in our church. But not just in our church, but also in our families. But before it ever gets to our families, it has to start within our hearts individually. And that subject of revival that I want to define tonight. Amen. First of all, I want to talk about why do we need revival? Why do we need revival? Is it something that we really need or is it just something that's nice to have? Is it something that's just good to have? And if you're blessed by God, you'll have revival, but not everybody needs revival. I would tell you that it, that we need revival, that this church, Abundant Life Center, not just as a church collectively, but your family needs revival. My family needs revival. Because if we are not growing, then the opposite is true of our church and of our families. If we're not growing, then we're dying. And I refuse to be a dying church. I refuse to be a church that's, that's going down. A church that's reached the, the pinnacle of its existence and is now on a downward spiral but I want it to be that this church continues that upward trend and that we aim, we continue to aim and we continue to seek for revival. That we don't stop growing, that we don't become stagnant or stale, but that we continue to grow, we continue to stretch ourselves and we continue to have God move in our church services and in our lives. Amen. It's been said, we've all probably heard the, the, the analogy of how it is that you boil a frog. Many of you probably are remembering that story as I'm just saying those three, those three words, boil a frog. And we've all heard that the simple way to boil a frog is to put a frog in regular room temperature water on a stove and to, and to eventually begin to turn up the heat. And if you do it slow enough, they say that the frog won't realize what is happening to it and the frog will just stay there just stuck in that state of existence and it won't move out from that 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 pot of water where the flame is beginning to be cranked up and long uh, the, as time passes you continue to crank up the heat little by little that frog does not realize that it is being boiled it is being cooked to death and the same thing can happen in a church if we're not careful that we can find ourselves beginning to get more and more cold drifting further and further away from God not Realizing that we have lost our first love, not realizing that we have uh, we've gotten away from consecration and we are in fact dying and we're in fact backsliding. And I remember the story that my, my father tells of how years ago when he was living for God, he began to realize years later that uh, there was a specific point in his life that it was at that point when he began to back, that he began to drift away from God, he began to walk away from his consecration to God. It was just a matter of time before things begin to slip in and, and things begin to get into his life and begin to drive him further and further away from God. And that wedge began to be stuck between him and his walk with God. And that story reverberates in my mind of how easy it is for us to, uh, if we're not careful and if we're not continuing to uh, define revival and continue to look for it and aim for it and, and strive for it and pray for it, that we'll find ourselves in the opposite uh, the opposite happening in our lives where we begin to die, we begin to we begin to wither away, we begin to lose our first love, we begin to not uh, place a high priority on the things of God, and we begin to not 
Amen. Begin to pray for revival. I want us to be reminded again tonight. Amen. That we exist. Amen. For the propagation of the gospel. This church exists. Amen. To reach out to the world in which we live. Amen. It should be our prayer. And now I want to remind us again. It should be. Amen. The heartbeat of our church. That God would give us a revival. That God would pour out of the spirit in our church on a regular basis. That not a service would go by. The day would come when not a service would go by. When someone's not being filled with the Holy Ghost. That is my desire as the pastor of this church. That we would live in a constant state of revival. That it would not just be a story no more. But that God would give us the increase. That God would give us the harvest. And we would experience what God has in store for our church. Amen. I remember hearing it preached years ago. And I've never forgot it. Amen. Brother Mangan preaching at Landmark years and years ago. The church of the living God cannot stand still. I don't know if you remember that message. I've never forgot that message. The church of the living God cannot stand still. This church, amen, that we are a part of must forever be moving forward. Must forever be stretching ourselves. Must forever be... Amen. Engaging in the mission of God. God, what do you want me to do? How can I be a part? God, where can I fit in? God, how can I use the talents and the giftings you've given my life? God, how can I can I do something for God? God, what can I do? God, I want more from you than what I've got right now. I want revival. Amen. I preach amen until we all get it tonight. Amen. It must be the heartbeat of abundant life center. God, we want revival. We're thirsty for it, God. We're hungry for it, God. We've got to have a book of Acts revival. We've got to have souls being saved. We need to have it. If we don't, if we're not moving forward, then we're moving backward. Amen. There is no middle ground. Amen. There is no middle ground in this endeavor that we're a part of tonight. Amen. While Webster would define revival as a mere bringing back to life that which was dead. Amen. I would tell you a, a few different definitions that I've begun to ponder that topic of revival, that subject of revival. What does it mean, amen, really for us in 2017? What does it mean for me individually? What does it mean for your family? What does it mean for our church? What does that subject of revival mean? Amen. I would tell you that it first begins on a personal level. Amen. It first begins on a personal level when somebody, amen, on their own, they find their way to an altar. Amen. Like we had here a few moments ago before we started service. Amen. People finding their their way to an altar and saying, God, I'm going to come early to church. God, I want you, Lord, to move in my life. God, I want something more from you. Amen. It arises from a, a discontented heart that says, I've got to have something more. I'm sick and tired of the mundane. I'm sick and tired of the ordinary. I want more of God. There must be a personal revival within. It must be within our hearts a hunger for holiness. A hunger for more of God. A hunger to know His Word. A hunger, amen, to seek His face on a regular basis. A desire to get rid of the sin and the weights in our lives. Amen. A person that is experiencing personal revival is an individual that says, I want more of God. I want to be holy like He is holy. I want to get into His Word. I want to seek out the Word of God. Amen. I want to examine myself. Is there sin in my life? Are there weights in my life that's dragging me down? Is there times in my personal walk with God where I get lost in the Holy Ghost? Where I get lost in His presence? Is there times in my prayer closet that I get lost in the Holy Ghost. Personal revival. I hunger for more of God. I hunger to know His Word. I'm, I'm searching my heart. I'm saying, God, is there sin in my life? Are there weights? God, I'm not a wretched sinner like I once was, but God, I've I, I got some weights in my life. There's some little things in my life that I've got to address. I've got to examine myself. Revival on a 
in a in a family. As I consider revival in a family, it looks like lost loved ones coming back to God. Amen. When we begin to have revival in our families, it, 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 it first starts on a personal level, but then it begins to impact our families. Because what you get in your heart of hearts, in a, in a prayer closet, somewhere along with God, it, it's got to manifest itself. There's got to be some outflow. Amen. There's got to be some evidence of what you've been doing in your, on your knees in prayer. And the first area that it begins to impact is your family. Amen. And lost loved ones begin to come back to God, to the individual that has been experiencing personal revival. They're, they begin praying for their lost family members. God, save my sons and save my daughters. Save my mom. Save my dad. Save my lost spouse. God, save them. God, you've been moving in my life, but God, don't just touch me. God, I want you to give revival to my family. Amen. God, I want you to restore some marriages. Amen. This year. Amen. That's what revival in families looks like. It looks like marriages coming back together. And I want to see that in 2018. I believe we will see that. And I would tell you that it doesn't stop. Amen. With just the loss. Amen. Family members coming back to God. But I believe that revival in a family consists, amen, of some four and five year old girls and boys receiving the Holy Ghost in a service. Amen. A family that's truly experiencing revival. It can't help but get on the children. Amen. I love, amen. I love to see the dead. Amen. With some four and five and six year old children come to an altar lifting up their hands to God as God fills them with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It can happen. Amen. If you want revival for yourself, you can also have it in your family. Amen. God will move in your family. And God, amen, will raise up a strong and mighty church as the families go. So goes the church. With strong families is a strong and mighty church. I'm reminded of that story the exodus of the people of God from Egypt. As they left Egypt, they said not anything is going to stay behind. Not a hoof is going to stay behind. When we get out of this place and we're going to that promised land, that place that God has prepared, nothing stays behind. And we've got to have that same determination where God, you're taking me and where you're taking my family. I want all my children, God. I want all my family to experience this, God. I don't want to leave nobody out. I don't want to leave nobody behind, God. I want to see revival happen in my babies, God. I want to see revival happen in my cousins, God. I want to see revival happen in my family, God. I want to see revival take place in my family. And I don't want nothing to miss out on what God wants to do in my family. Amen. It is God's will for us to take our families with us into revival. Amen. The reason I'm preaching about this tonight is because I'm looking forward to 2018. I believe, amen, that God will give this church if she so desires the greatest revival that she's ever seen before. I believe God can pour His Spirit out and it won't just stop with you in an altar, but it will continue until your family is holding your hand in an altar and God's restored some relationships and God's healed some hurts and God's moved in your family. Hallelujah. I believe, amen, 2018, we can see the greatest revival that we've ever been a part of in our lifetime. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, why don't we worship the Lord right now in this place? Oh, hallelujah, can you dare to believe God? God, I believe you can give us that revive that we so desire. Hallelujah. 
I, I remember hearing stories of many other ministries, churches, and hearing about them talk about, you know, for instance, San Jose. That's the one that comes to my mind. There's the old chapel off to the side that was once the main auditorium. And now it's the youth chapel. Half of it is at least. And I remember hearing the stories and how it was leaving that that chapel there where I don't know how many hundreds it could seat. And then they moved into the gym. And then from the gymnasium, which holds a lot more people, they were able to move to the sanctuary. And I've often thought, what was what would that be like to be a part of something where you see it happen from the ground up, where you see God move from the ground up, where you see you could, people look back and say, I remember uh, there could be a, for instance, a Brother Tony Rodriguez has been there a long time. He could say, I remember when we were back in the old prayer, the old, uh, the old sanctuary. I remember what it was like. I remember talking to my wife's grandpa and, and the, her family, what the services were like way back then. And as the church makes a transition, and it's my desire that, and I believe that we will see this church make that same transition. Amen. I remember already when uh, when we first got here, and I remember thinking uh, just a few years ago, man, this is going to be rough. I remember when my dad moved in here, and it was exciting. But I remember looking around thinking, man, this place is so beat up. How can it get? How can you make it look nice? And and, and he had the vision to make it a beautiful sanctuary, and God. Use my, my father and my mother to, to bring us to this place. But I believe that God is going to continue to take this church further. Yes. Amen. I, I, I believe that uh, as we continue to step out in faith and we begin to sow seeds of faith, that God will back us up, that God will come through for us. It wasn't just a few months ago when, when we began to, we were in this building and we said, well, what would happen if we just put out an extra row of chairs? And, help, and I wonder what God would do. I wonder what would happen. And it wasn't but the next service that the entire building was full. And God began to bring more and more people. And God began to give the increase. And I'm preaching about revival. And revival in a church setting. Amen. It consists of full buildings. It consists of full altars. Amen. It consists of full bands. Bringing people to church. Service after service. Amen. Revival in the church. Amen. It consists of full altars when people come to the front and they give their hearts to God. Amen. They don't just accept them as their personal Savior. Amen. But they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We're speaking in tongues. Amen. They don't just shake a preacher's hand. But they go down the waters of baptism. And God washes away a multitude of sins. God wants to do it in this church. And he wants to do it through you and I. God wants to use, amen, somebody to bring about his purpose and his plan. Revival. Revival in the church. Amen. It consists of full buildings, full altars. People that are coming coming early. Amen. Saying, I, I want something from God. If you say, I want revival in my church. Amen. That I challenge you to show up early to church and say, God, I want to get the fire burning. God, I want to stir something in my soul. I'm going to find my way to an altar. I'm going to find my way to the prayer room. I'm going to find my way, amen, to my knees. And I'm going to seek after God for an earth-shaking revival in my life. Oh, let's worship Him one more time. Let's praise His name. God, I pray, Lord, that You would spread our appetites tonight somehow. Some way, Lord, for revival. Oh, God, I believe You want to do it, God. Hallelujah. I believe God wants to do it. I believe God's going to help us. Acts chapter 11 and verse 21. It says, and the hand of the Lord was with them, talking about the apostles, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Amen. When God gets to move it, it will be a number we can't count. Yeah. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says there were some 3,000 that received the Holy Ghost in one service. 
And from there, the Bible, can, the scriptures continue telling about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And it refers to it as great multitudes, uh, amount of people that could not be numbered. And it begins to grow and it begins to expand. And I believe that God will do that here if we will do some of the things that I'm going to talk about here in a moment. Amen. Some of the things that we're looking forward to doing uh, as it relates to 2018 is kicking off the year, the first 21 days of the new year with prayer and fasting. Amen. Beginning January 1st and going through January 21st, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we'll be giving you more details on Sunday as it is the last service of this year. And we launch into the new year and we want to see God do amazing things next year. Amen. I don't anticipate sitting around here one year from now seeing the same faces. Amen. But I anticipate, amen, sitting around here another year from now, amen, looking out and seeing, amen, with all the things that God's done, all the new, new families that God's brought. Amen. I anticipate, amen, seeing some of you, amen, show me a Bible study chart that you've wore out. Amen. That you've been teaching Bible studies and God's been using you. Amen. And you're saying, Pastor, I need a new Bible study chart. I need a new Bible study chart. This thing's wore out. It's falling apart. It's embarrassing. And I've been teaching it all, all week long. Amen. Those are the kind of things that can happen around here if we give ourselves to this revival that God has in store for us. Yeah. The Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. A verse of scripture that we've heard and we've read it ourselves many a times. I'll read it. If you'd like to turn there, you can turn there with me. It's 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 12. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 12. Amen. For all the uh, those that are excellent with the, their sword. Amen. You'll just read along with me. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. Amen. He chose a specific place, a specific locale. I have chosen this place to myself. For a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. And here's the verse. If my people which are called by my name. Shall humble themselves and pray. And seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. And will forgive their sins. And will heal their land. And the scripture continues. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. What place is that? That's the place we're sitting in tonight, the house of God. Amen. God has said his ears will be attent to the prayers that are made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house, this house. That my name may be there forever and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Amen. This is still the house of prayer. The place that you and I sit in tonight is still the house of prayer. It's still the place that God has ordained to be a place of prayer. Not to be a place just to gather on Sundays and Wednesdays for service. But to be a place of prayer. Amen. It's said of the disciples that they went up into the temple at the hour of prayer. Amen. There was that regular, there was that regular, that ongoing commitment by the disciples. I'm going to make my way daily to the house of God for my time of prayer. And I would tell you that, amen, that just as like I've heard many years ago preached and has been so effective in my life and in the church that I came from before here, amen, was the, the value and the impact of the saints of God coming to the house of God for prayer. Amen. Something about coming to this place and finding a place to pray. Amen. You can pray at home if you like and that's great. I encourage everybody to do so on a regular basis but I would tell I would challenge you to take it a step further and say I'm gonna I'm gonna make my way to the church house to pray and I'm gonna ask God to move in my life and in my family and in my church. Amen. And there is something that takes place 
Amen. That when the people of God pray in this place. Amen. There's something that happens when we get in the house of God. The house of prayer. And we begin to seek his face. And we say, God, I made it to the house of prayer. God, I made the sacrifice. I made the commitment, God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray in this house. And Lord, your scripture tells me that the ears of the Lord are attentive to the prayers made in this place. Amen. You can take that before the Lord and say, God, your word says you are going to listen to my prayers when I pray in this house. Here I am, God, in the house of prayer. And I'm saying, God, give my family revival. I'm saying, God, give my church revival. God, save my husband. Save my wife. Save my children. God, I know that you're listening. I made it to the house of prayer. I made it, God, to where the place is that you ordained to be a place of prayer. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I would tell you like it. Pastor Shoemaker's told me in the church many times, come by the church and pray. Come by the church and pray. And watch God move in your family. And watch God move in your life. And watch God heal the ailments in your body. God, we're preaching your word today, God. We're declaring your word today, God. Oh, God, out of your mouthpiece, God, I'm doing your will, God. Send the revival, Lord, that we're preaching about tonight, Lord. Send the revival, Lord. Send the revival, Lord. Send the revival. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Joel chapter 2 and 23 says, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Amen. God is going to restore some things in 2018 that we prayed for, that we sought him for. But just like 2 Chronicles talks about, before there's ever the invitation to pray and to seek his face, there's a command. To make his house again the house of prayer. And to make this place a place where you come by regularly and you seek his face. And God will do some things in 2018 that we prayed for. That we sought God for. We have 
We have literally positioned ourselves for a great revival in our church. Amen. The church, this church already has many pieces in place, ready to go. Amen. People are finding their areas of ministry, and God is anointing them, and God is helping them. We have a church van. We're able to do a Sunday school route if, uh, if somebody says, I want to be a part of that. Uh, there's opportunity to teach Bible studies to the women at Haven of Peace, which, which we'll be resuming again in January. There's opportunities to get involved. There's still Bible studies that uh, are still going untaught because there's not people that, are, that, are, that have stepped out and said, well, let me do it. There's areas that God is going to use each and every one of us. If we'll say, I want to engage in the mission of God. I want to be a part of what God's doing. And as we invest in the kingdom of God, as we throw ourselves into the kingdom of God, we are the better for it. And the treasure, as one preacher said, the treasure is in the field. Amen. It's when you're in the field working for God and laboring for God and saying, God, I'm going to just work for you. I'm going to, I'm going to get out in that field. I'm just going to go to work. Amen. It's in that place of work for God. It's in that place of the, the field. Amen. Where you work for God that they're the greatest treasures in your life is. Amen. It wasn't until I began, amen, to give myself to the things of God several years ago. Amen. That God began to move on my life. That God began to elevate me in my job. That God began to provide for me. When I said, God, I'm going to engage in the mission of God. I'm going to give myself wherever there's a need in the church. Amen. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to step out. Amen. Whatever I can do. Amen. I want to be a part of it. That's where the treasure is, friends. The treasure is in the field, working for God. The great joy, the great satisfaction is in the field. Oh, let's lift our voices right now to Him. Come on, can we lift our voices right now to the Lord? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I believe, amen, there are people in this place that are hungry for God. I believe that there are people in this place, families, that are hungry, that are desperate for revival, that say in your heart of hearts, I want what God has in store for this church. I want what God has in store for my family. I want to experience revival in my heart of hearts like I have never done before. I want to go back to that place of consecration. I want to find my way back to the house of prayer and seek His face. I believe we'll recognize a day when we see revival. When you begin to see that van pull up in the front of the church, people begin to pour out of it. When you begin to see family members come that you didn't know existed. 
You look across. I didn't know that was your brother. I didn't know that was your son. Wow. God's doing it. When you begin to see on a Sunday morning people coming early for prayer. People say, I don't care if it's only half an hour of pre-service prayer. Pastor, I want to come an hour before church. I want to seek his face. I'm not just trying to get in my quota of time before church, but I, I, I really want what God has. I really want more of God. I really want the Holy Ghost. I really want to see revival. I really want to see God do something in my family, in my heart. If you truly, if we truly get it inwardly, individually, revival, it will impact our families. It will impact your spouse, your children, your neighbors. It will impact them. Amen. Please don't misunderstand. I'm not up here as an expert. I am preaching to myself like I'm preaching to you. But God will give us revival if we desire it, if we seek it, if we hunger for it, if we thirst for it. If we kick out the little gods in our lives, we say, I I don't want these things to hinder me no more. I don't want these things to continue to steal my time. I I don't want to give myself and look in a different direction when I should be looking to God. I want God to move in my life. I want to be holy unto the Lord. I want to be holy unto the Lord. Isn't it amazing that in the Old Testament book of Exodus, as God would show up before the people, he would tell Moses, get rid of all the jewelry, Moses. Something's going to show up in this place. And the people would rid themselves of the physical adornment. And God wanted a pure people. God said, get rid of the jewelry. I want to show up in this, in this midst, Moses. Get rid of those idols that you got in your camp, Moses. I want to show up in this place. Get rid of all the little idols in your life in this camp, Moses. I want to show up. And God wants to show up in Abundant Life Center, in your family, in your home. And God wants you to kick out the little gods. So I'm going to get rid of this television that's sucking all my time and stealing my spirituality. I'm going to get out from this, this magazine subscription that's messing me up time after time. And, and these books are not helping me out. I'm going, to, I'm going to get my face out of Facebook so much and begin to put it in the holy book. I'm going, to, I'm going to kick out some things and say, God, I've got, to, I've got to make you the number one priority. God, I want you to come into my life. I want you to come into my home. God, I want to get rid of some things, God, that the glory of the Lord could show up in my life. That the Shekinah glory cloud could descend in the place where I live. God, I want the glory of the Lord again. I want the glory of the Lord in my life, in my family. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we stand right now? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I want us to consider what takes place if we get in one mind and one accord and we allow God to speak to us. We allow God to move in our church. It was in the upper room in the book of Acts that there was just 120 people. Small by modern comparison to the world at large, just 120 people. But they began to pray. They began to seek God. They began to seek the face of God. And Acts chapter 2, 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Just 120 people gathered together, seeking the face of God. And that group of 120 people would go on to impact the world 
In fact, the Bible says they, uh, they turned the world upside down in two years. All of Asia heard the gospel preached. 120 people from there it spread. Amen. The church here tonight, amen, uh, us as the uh, extended group of people that consider this church home, is about 40 people today. And it won't be 40 people by the end of next year. Amen. We've effectively been doubling every year. And God is going to help us to go further next year. And if we will allow God to move in our midst and to God to come down and, and us to get a hold of God, amen, it will impact the world in which we live. Amen. I don't know all the things that are going to happen next year on a political scale or uh, a larger uh, macro scale, uh, the world at large, but I believe that this church will experience revival. God's church will experience revival. It is a promise. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And it is my prayer. It has been my prayer. It still is my prayer that God, when you get ready to pour your spirit out, God, as you're pouring your spirit out, don't forget about us. Don't forget about Lathra. Don't forget about the Rodriguez family, about the Chapman family, about the Hall family. Pour it out on us, God. Let our families experience the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. God, I don't want to just read about in a news article from some other distant city. But God, I want to experience it in my life. I want to see the children get the Holy Ghost. I want to see the old get the Holy Ghost. I want to see the rich and the poor get the Holy Ghost. I want to see everybody, all walks of life, all nationalities. Amen. The church of the living God, amen, is a, is a collective group of people. Amen. From all walks of life. And God's going to pour his spirit out without respect of persons. The soul that seeks him, the soul that's hungry, is going to receive from God. Amen. I want us to just, uh, as we close, I want us to lift our hands. I want us to begin to ask the Lord, amen, to do a great work this next year in our church and in our families. Amen. I want us to begin to pray in faith. God, I am praying tonight, God, that you would move. Lord, beginning tonight, God. God, with a full swing of momentum, God, in 2018, God. I am praying, God, for that revival, Lord. I want that revival, God, to burn deep, to burn fervently, God, to burn wild and hot in my family, God, and in my church, in my daily time of prayer, God. I pray tonight, God, that there would be a hunger that would arise in the hearts of the people for revival, God, to see the way we're children. It's possible for God to save your unsaved children. It's 
possible for God, amen, to heal your body. It's possible. God hasn't changed. I believe God. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. Shorabaya kotolo bosho kalara bosho kalara bosho. Oh, I want to see the vision of the elder come to fruition in this day. Amen. I want to see the dreams of the elders. Amen. Come to pass in my day. I want to see the prayers of the elders. The generation before me come to pass in my day. I want to see that revival that was prayed for, that was fasted for 40 years ago come to pass in my day. Oh, God gives some young men some visions, Lord. God gives some young men and women visions of revival, God. God calls the elders among us to dream dreams again, Lord. Hallelujah. Calls the elders of the church, Lord, to dream some dreams. And the young men and women to have some visions, Lord, of what you desire to do. Let us see it, God. Let us see it, God. Let us see it, God. Let us see it happen, Lord. God is going to do it. God's going to do it through you and I. It's going to happen, folks. It's going to happen. I'm anticipating it. I want us to get ready for it. I want us to expect it next year. Expect revival. Expect to see family members coming back to God. Expect to see miracles, signs, and wonders. Expect to see growth. Expect to see harvest. Expect to see people getting the Holy Ghost. Expect to see the baptistry. Amen. People step into the baptistry service after service. Expect it, expect it, expect it. And when we don't just expect it, but we pray in faith and we fast for the role, we say, God, I mean it, God. I really want to see it. I'm going to give up some things. God will give it. God will pour it out. God will have his way. His name will be magnified. He'll be glorified. 